via iHeartRadio. If you don't have that yet, well, my company's mad at you, and they'll come to your house, they'll beat you up. They will kidnap you, and they will forcefully install iHeartRadio on your phone. You don't want it. Tony, just download it willingly. Joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Buddy, how are you? Uh, feeling pretty good today. Feeling pretty good. I uh, I feel like yesterday I had just a case of the efforts all over me. You did. All day, dude. You did. There were multiple times during conversations that I was like, man, does he just not want to participate or what? Well, I, 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 I don't know if, you know, it was, I don't know if it was something throughout the morning or if it was just like, well, dude, you're back to work or if it was. Probably. I don't know what it was, but yesterday, even in like the afternoon, I had all day to do whatever I wanted. Girlfriend was at work. Like you just did nothing. House was already clean. Like everything was already kind of like, all right, dude, you're fine. And I would try to watch something. I'd be like, this is the worst television show I've ever watched in my life. And then I'd be like, all right, we'll find something else that you like to do. And I'd be like, oh, listen to some music. And I'd be like, I hate all music. I don't even want to listen to music. And then I was like, dude, just relax. Like watch wrestling. You love wrestling. I'm like, wrestling sucks. I uh, I know what it is, but I can't tell you. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> all right. I'll tell you. Okay, it's uh, say, you had four it? days away, yeah. and then you came back and you realized. Yeah, dude, stuff's a little lackluster, <laughs> and it made you mad, and you didn't even realize you went home, and it just it, it just spent the rest of the day coming out in every other manner. I had to uh, I had to do like a serious. Like, it happened to me too. That's how I know what it is. Like before my girlfriend came home, I'm like, dude, you have to like reevaluate here. You Get in have a better to, mood, right? Because yeah. it's not her fault. Like she's gonna walk <laughs> no, through the door, and you're gonna you're gonna be a dick to her, and she's gonna be like, yo, screw you, and it, you know, just turn into a big fight. So I was like, dude, you've got to you know snap yourself out of it. And uh, this morning I woke up and I'm like. Dude, whatever it was yesterday, just move on with your life. You're doing fine. So, uh, yeah, feeling all right this morning. I feeling, have a new renewed. I have a new business plan for the show. All right, well, and and uh, and could we need one? No, no. Here's the thing. I I, I have uh, I'm on a new plan to get popular, and okay. it is I need. I don't know how I'm going to do it because it's going to be hard. But That's I need a terrible plan. <laughs> we got to plan this out better. I need the president to trash the show. Uh, I need Donald Trump to trash the show. Now, I'm not out to trash him. Okay. Okay. I need him to trash the show. He talked all that trash on Morning Joe. Their ratings, I read this yesterday, their ratings are up 70%. Jeez. 70%. Now, you know what that is. He was talking about Minka Kelly's face and all that. And so people went and did, people who don't know her were turned it on to be like, well, is she pretty? That's exactly, I'm guessing that's what that was. But I mean, the more trash he talks about them, the better their ratings are. So you almost wonder, it's like, is everybody in on this together? A, a little bit, but 70% jump in the ratings. That's good, dude. I mean, even if the president doesn't listen to our show, I think, oh, more, yeah, he does. I think more than enough of Trump Nation does. I feel like we've got plenty of... Uh, dude, you trust know. me, Donald Trump runs the country as if this is where he gets his press brief. <laughs> as if he gets, like, this is where he gets his foreign policy from, right here. We've got plenty of red hats out there. Start tweeting at your boy, dude. Tell him to tell him to give us some I, uh, love or hate or whatever. That's it just is. it. We need something I'll from him. You, yeah, it's, it's totally selfish. Leave all the politics out of it. I don't care what he does. I just just want them trashing us so people just start checking it out in, in record numbers. All right. I, I'm, dude, I'm all in on that one. 70% jump. Couldn't believe when I read that. Now, it'll obviously be. It's going to taper off. That's what I was going to say is the tail of the tape will be with, you know, what happens a month from now. Does it continue? It's not going to continue 70% no. growth. But even if it continues. If you retain 30% of that 70? 7%, right. dude. I mean, if you can increase your audience by 7%, I think any broadcaster is going to look at that and be like, that's a smart move. That's that a was, victory for us. Thank you for that. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what yeah. I'm saying. That's all I want. All right. That's all well, I want. Hey, man. I, I, don't know, I don't know what I have to do, but I'll do what I can there. I'm going to start the show right here, and I think Dan Gilbert needs to be very, very, very careful. 
I um so I read yesterday that he offered Chauncey Billups one and a half million dollars to start, and then it ended up getting to two million dollars. Now that sounds like a lot of money to you and I and the average person going to work right now. But the difference is is that apparently the starting salary for most starting GMs and president of operations, that type of job for the NBA is four million. So it was essentially half. Now I heard David Griffin was being paid under two million himself. And that's kind of where that went bad. Now I had made the claim that I felt like Chauncey Billups turned this job down because LeBron James had had shown a refusal to come out and say, no matter what, I'm a cavalier. And I do believe that that went into his decision. Now hearing this information, I will tell you that I think definitely the financial end definitely played a part in what Chauncey Billups was doing. I'm not going to solely blame LeBron now. I think it is part of it. I think even still, if LeBron was like, I'm a Cavalier no matter what, maybe the $2 million was enough to get you to do it. I don't know, but the money was definitely a factor as well. Well, you know, to, to be offered half of what the average rate is when you're walking into what's expected to be a very... Like you're expected to win a championship, you you have high expectations there. You have you know every everyone in the world's looking at you as you know. You, you have LeBron. What do you mean? You didn't right, win? right, and and you have one year there to really do it or get fired. I I, I can't blame the dude if you're getting paid half of what your counterpart. No, are. I didn't know that. Yeah, I agree. I I think and and honestly, this is where I was saying. I think Dan Gilbert needs to be a little careful here. And with this LeBron, is he going to go? Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? A, a, a lot of what gets brought up on TV again is the letter that Dan Gilbert wrote. And a lot of people in this country feel as if, especially sports media people, feel as if that letter had racist overtones in it and like ownership of a human being in it. Now, I don't remember everything written in the letter, so it's going to be hard for me to suggest one way or the other whether or not that's true. But I know a lot of people like to play it that way. And now you're on record offering an African-American man half of what the industry standard is for the job. I'm telling you, people will make that connection. Dan Gilbert needs to be careful. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the concept of owners, you know what I mean, always brings, I mean, when you've got, when you've got a team full of black dudes out there, you know, essentially working out and the, I own this working right. out in the the field. I mean, like you essentially, you know, is that going to be the next woke Twitter movement? Let's it, call owners something else. Let's call owners something else. Let's call the football field something else because you just got a bunch of black dudes working out in a field that <laughs> in, you own. In the field, right? So That's what I've always said about the you know about the combine that'll always exist. There'll always be that level of you know are there under are overtones to it or undershirts sure. to it or, or whatever the case is. There, um, I don't remember the letter well enough. I I, I never read it as such, but I. Oh, well, you got a pretty good meter for that. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't. I never read it as such, but I, ne- I never read okay. it as that offensive either. I never read it as like, oh my god. I remember when I read it, I was like, oh, shots fired. I remember like that, oh, but I, I. But again, it's been so long since I've read it. I won't make a claim on whether or not I thought it was racist. What were you gonna do? Not say anything? You know what I mean? Like that's what it always was to me. Is like he didn't. I know it played bad in the national media though, and other owners haven't. So I think he probably went too far. Um, I, 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 I kid. That's one of the things that I kind of do like about. Dan Gilbert is he does it seems takes things shooting personal. from the hip right and shooting from the hip sometimes it's a disaster and sometimes it's the greatest thing in the world um, but dude he really is and it's sad yeah, to say it can help or hurt you as, as you're sitting you know three consecutive runs at a championship as you just won a championship a, a season ago you know year you know a year plus ago it, it really is coming to the point of like is this dude a terrible owner and it's hard for me to say yes because dude you just won a title you're the most competitive sports franchise I've ever seen in my entire life but like what how in this market you mean right oh okay, yeah in, in right. this market like as, as my teams go as my okay. favorite teams go like it's hard for me to say that yeah dude terrible ownership but like dude outside of the championship though and again three consecutive runs I mean 
Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, that's really good. One could say, I mean, is that great ownership or did he kind of luck into it? Well, I mean, but if you're going to give credit to owners and you're going, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, Robert Kraft kind of lucked into some right. stuff too. Tom Brady was a six round pick. I mean, he right. lucked into stuff. You didn't know that Tom Brady was going to turn no. out the way that if he you did. did, you would have taken him in the first round. So yeah, no, there's always luck that goes into everything. I mean, as talented as both you and I are, there's some luck that goes into the ratings that come out for sure. Of course, of course there is. So I, I just have a hard time calling him a terrible owner. Obviously, I mean, when you look back at the Browns, you look back at the Indians and the bad ownership that's happened, even with the Cavaliers, the bad ownership that's happened throughout that. And it's still like, oh, dude, Dan Gilbert, worst owner of our lifetime. And I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know. I like uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that might be a little bit much. I do worry, though, because people who tell me that the one thing that will make LeBron want to run for the hills for sure is if Dan Gilbert shows that he's no longer willing to spend the money. And if you're not going to spend the money on a decent GM guy, then isn't that kind of indicative that you're sick of spending the money? Well, you already spent so much money. It's like, I, the thing with the GM is it doesn't count against the salary cap. Why didn't you just spend an extra two million bucks, dude? I mean, you'd, you'd pay Shump an extra two million bucks. You know what I mean? Like, you'd pay all these, like, you know, I mean, Richard Jefferson's coming back for another two million bucks. Like, why wouldn't you just add the two million on there? Are, okay. I, 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 yes. Ultimately, yes. Dude, are you okay with the Richard Jefferson story? I mean, we had to like kind of like talk him into coming back this last year, and I mean, uh, still a still a, still a valuable player. Yeah, I mean, as long as he's still able to do it. The only problem I have with the Cavs getting older is like, well, who's going to play these regular season games? Like, if you keep adding old dudes, that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, but I, do I want Richard Jefferson on the Cavaliers roster come playoff time? Yes, I do, one hundred percent. Look, here's the thing: I'm not saying he shouldn't be part of the team. I'm just saying it, Richard Jefferson a little bit to me right now feels like going back to the well too many times. Fair. I, I, I understand that. He's one of 15 dudes, and if he's going to be there to hold a roster spot as a veteran, as a guy who can come in and play important moments because he's been in these important moments, I'm okay with that. Okay. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I'm not out to, you know, to, to down on him. I'm just saying it felt like a little bit like, all right, dude, we might be trying this magic too many times. I'm not looking at him as the savior of the organization or anything like that. Um, I, uh, I, I know a lot of NBA moves have happened in the Gordon Hayward thing, and everyone's like, oh, well, Boston's going to compete. Cavs are still going to win the Cavs and six in that series. So Cavs are still going to win the East, especially if they get Carmelo Anthony at some point and he can run at second units. Dude, I, I, I feel like the Cavs are going to make their move in the middle of the season as opposed to right now. So it's frustrating to watch other teams making big moves. It's frustrating to see, like, oh, my God, the shifting landscape of the NBA. But, like, Cavs are still the best team in the East. Yeah, the Cavs got better by not doing anything. Like, because every other team in the East got worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Guys that, you know, in Eastern teams are leaving. Gordon Hayward's the only person that came into the conference. You know what I mean? So ultimately, yeah, I think the Cavs will be all right. It's just until you get to the, you know, the NBA finals. But I think they'll make moves much like they did last year throughout the season and they'll do stuff. And I, I, ultimately, I think they'll, you know, be all right. I'm being asked whether or not. Chauncey Billups' experience had factored into the offer. No, that's what I'm saying. Like starting out, those jobs pay like four million dollars a year, from what I understand. And if you are going to offer a guy that has no experience the job, you need to make sure he takes it. So starting him off at two million and being like, "Well, you haven't proven yourself yet." Well, then why are you offering me the job if you right. if I haven't proven myself yet? Yeah, that's uh, that was a little crazy. There was an offer in Georgia that made people lose their minds, and I guarantee you, no business owner will think about doing it again. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. Missed yesterday's show. That's where you can podcast that. Uh, yesterday afternoon, I was invited to a uh, to a lunch meeting over at Piazza on the Gervasi compound over there. Okay, sounds fancy. And uh, yeah, it was. It was, uh, dude, you know, uh, the patio was fantastic. 
had the Giuseppe pizza. It was really good. And uh, they actually showed me the pavilion. And that's that word really doesn't do it justice. Uh, where Jerry Ferrara from Entourage got married. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that happened there. I yeah. Did. Like, I had read that over the weekend, and I was like, okay, this is one of those, guess who's moving to your city? Like, right. f- like Facebook scam things. You'll never believe what Tom Hanks said about people in Maslin. Tom <laughs> Ex- Hanks didn't say anything about <laughs> Anything about people in Maslin. Right, exactly. I thought it was one of those. And so when I, I was on when I was at Gervasi yesterday, they were like, no, 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 that really did happen. I was like, oh, I, I didn't realize that. Apparently, the woman he married was from Northeast Ohio. And so uh, she chose there. And so they showed me the pavilion where that happened. And, dude, it, uh, dude they got bocce ball courts out there. That place was nice. Jeez. Take your woman there. It's nice. Jeez Louise, dude from Entourage. Who was it, Jerry Ferreira? Or- yeah, it was the guy who played Turtle. So screw you, dude. You're out in Hollywood. There's eight million dimes running around. And you have to come into Northeast Ohio and take, like, one of our four? Like, like we have, like, four of those in the entire region. And you're going to steal I, Well, hold on. I don't think we can blame him. I'm pretty sure our dimes left and went there. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure All that's right. what happened. All right. A little dime flight right I don't there. think he was like, you know what? Let me go to Ohio and snatch up dimes. I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> it's very funny, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't think that's what happened. I uh, I need to take my girlfriend somewhere nice soon, I feel like. so. Uh, Do it. Here's the, the thing. Like, Tuesday, I, I, I believe they're closed on Monday, but like Tuesday through the rest of the week, they're yeah. open. They do like live music on the patio every night. Nice. Um, and dude, I had the blueberry vodka lemonade yesterday. Mm. I'm a sucker for anything blueberry. It was delicious. So yeah, mm. dude, take her there, play a little bocce ball, listen to a singer songwriter, like get a little it. pizza. I like it. She'll let you in. I like it. <laughs> it's a good plan. I'm yeah, telling you, I need to be in. That's a good so, plan. You know, it's not a bad idea. I I, uh, I read about a bad plan coming out of Georgia here, where a gas station was looking to do a little bit of promotion. Every business tries to do a little promotion, right? Of course. And so what they were going to do is they were going to do 99 cent gas for one hour, which okay. is where I believe this went wrong. And lines got long and cops ended up having to be called out because people just not knowing how to act over trying to get something on the cheap. They were going to do this from three to four in the afternoon. But Fantone, the line started at one o'clock in the afternoon. People waiting for 99 cent gas. Now, here's the thing. okay? now I should do a better job. Looking over my overall finances and like budgeting a little better. I budget, but probably not as tight as I should. Right. Right. But even if I did, I am lucky enough that the price of gas doesn't really ever come into the equation for me. Now, when I didn't have this job, it totally did. But when since being hired back here, been here three years now, you start, you know what I mean? You're gainfully employed. You start having more money around. So, like, I never think about the price of gas. And that's where I thought, I was like, you know what? I'm thankful over the fact that if somebody in Canton did this, I would not have to rush and sit there for two hours to get this deal. Now, the price of gas, for the most part, is, you know... It's been low lately. Well, yeah, that's a point of it. But it's a variable that you necessarily have zero control over for the most part a gas is if it's a you know if it's 205 at the corner of Tuscan and, and market it's going to be 205 you know pretty much everywhere now you might be able to find somewhere for five cents cheaper or something like that right but like it, it's not necessarily savings that you're gonna like lose your mind over but when it comes to you know gas down to 99 cents when it was 425 like oh, 10 yeah. years ago okay dude i can understand why like go out of your way try to what, find cheaper gas and people and people were ready to fight each other over that like that that makes sense but dude gas i think is like a dollar 92 right now so you, you weren't even saving a buck a gallon and if you're filling up i mean a 15 gallon tank like don't get me wrong that's right. that's worth something to you but like are you really ready to catch a case at 
at, at, at 16 bucks there? This is a lot like Black Friday. It's a lot like there's something about the mob mentality. When something's being offered for a lower rate than it normally is, where you get, where honestly, I believe that the American brain gets ultra competitive. I, I, I agree. I just don't, I mean, like, if it were free, maybe, maybe, but like, you're still paying for it. Yeah, you're still because you know what people do here. They bring like gas cans, so they fill up their car, and then they fill up like three right. gas cans, and they do that. Right. And see that now. Here's the other thing: it was only offered to people paying cash. Okay. So you know, I, I, and I don't know if that would make any difference or not, but I, I know, um, you know, so I am guessing people probably misheard the the offer, got there, were trying to use debit cards Who's and couldn't. Cash, yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly, but do they end up having to call the cops? One dude, a Vietnam veteran, they always have to tell you that because oh, yeah. it's like, oh, somebody mistreated this guy. Uh, dude, apparently got cussed out, and some guy threatened to beat him up in the middle of the gas station <laughs> over ninety nine cent gas. That's terrible. Yeah, I'm just like I said when I read this, I was like, look, I was like, I bitch about my life a little too much because I'm telling you right now, if this was going on across town today at, this afternoon, I'd be like, oh, that's cool, but I wouldn't have to rush to go do it because of not knowing how I'm going to pay for gas. I just, I'm with you. Like, if I still have to pay for it, what am I going to attempt to beat somebody's ass? Right, right. If it was free. Now, like, if you're a savvy giant eagle shopper, you can, you know, get your fuel perks up and get yourself some free gas. But the air pump is always free. And I'm telling you right now, there are riots practically at that air pump sometimes. So I I can understand free. But, dude, if you're still paying, what do you get? What are you upset about? Get your tires fixed. What is the (laughs) matter with you people? We all share the road. If your tire blows out, your car flips over, I could die. I don't get, dude, we need to worry about me. That's what I know. No, the, 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 dude, the state of Ohio needs to worry about keeping me safe. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hey. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. A little later in the program, around 8.30, a show that Fantone has said on this program is the best TV show in the history is going to make a big change to their program. And we'll talk about that at 8.30. I'm very interested to talk about that. Now, however, uh, I got tweeted this, and I didn't know this, and we're the show that kind of makes fun of these types of things, but, well, I like to eat. Yeah, he does. And, uh, and yeah, he does. somebody tweeted at me and said, did you know that today is National Fried Chicken Day? And I did not know that. Oh I know God. every day's got a National Something Day, so I'm, I knew Fried Chicken would have a day. I did not know today was National Fried Chicken Day. And it got me thinking, though. Like, if I was going to get fried chicken today, the only places that come to mind, and maybe I just don't know who's got the best fried chicken here, but I would probably order pizza ovens fried chicken because I've had that and I like it. Or I'd go to one of the chains like KFC or like somebody like that. Like who, like, am I missing? Like who's got like great fried chicken here? I, maybe I just haven't had it yet. Yeah. You're, you're in the right general direction with uh pizza oven, Papa bears there. That's, Good chicken. It's that broasted style. Yeah. And I don't know what the difference between fried and broasted is, because it always looks the same, tastes the same to me, but they, they, they differentiate there for some reason. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm trying to think of like what the like the, the local spot would be. Um, I mean, I know there's that churches downtown, but that's not like a can't. Yeah, specific. that's a chain. I mean, yeah. 
Um, I never go there. I should, though. Yeah. I mean, right there on the corner of 9th, I want to say, in Cherry. So, like, ah, let's give me a drive through there. <laughs> There's a drive through. Don't Is you there? worry. All right. Buddy. Thank God. Don't you worry, buddy. Thank There's God. a drive through. Um, I'm trying to think of what that place is called. Oh, if you keep going down Tusk, it's essentially what we've got going on here is the, uh, what do I want to say, the Bermuda Triangle of fried chicken. Ninth and Cherry there, you've got, okay. you've got, you've got. I love it. You, you could disappear down there. You've got churches. Okay. Um, if you go further down Tusk, now this is Tusk away from downtown, not going like towards Maslin out of downtown. You're going the other way on Tusk. You go about, I don't know, two miles down the road. and So like Lincoln Way, essentially. Yeah, so you go two miles down the road there, and uh, there's this place called Joe's Chicken and More. I have not been there, but it's one of those spots that you should go. Is I there a chicken like. on the sign? You know, there's a big chicken. A Is big it a bucket chicken. of chicken or a cartoon chicken? I think it's a cartoon chicken holding a bucket of chicken. That's good chicken. That is good That's chicken, good chicken. Dude. The logo's always going to tell you. So you've got Joe's Chicken and more there. And Oh, I'll try that. On the other side of downtown, kind of completing the, the triangle here, um, I've never seen it open, but I've driven by it a hundred times, and it disappoints me that it's not open. But right at the corner of McKinley and Navarre, though, the former oh, home, God. the former home of the top shelf bar. There is a chicken and waffles joint, and it's never open. As oh, far as chicken I can and waffles tell. in the hood! I bet is good. That's what I'm saying, dude. So you've got the. the I can walk there. You got the trifecta there. I wouldn't of, of chicken joints, <laughs> but I could in downtown. So somebody's telling me Smith's Waco Market. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's best chicken, chicken around there. corner of Seventeenth and uh, and Route Forty Three. There, I've never been there. Yeah, that's um. I mean, you're getting out towards Waco there, so. But yeah, that might be worth the drive. That Smith's Market. I know I've had food from there. Before. I've never had that. Did not know that was a thing. Huh. Interesting. Drive through at churches, you say, huh? Yeah, drive through at churches. Yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna. That may be this afternoon. I feel like Joe's might be the part for me, dude. I feel like that's. Uh, I, I've been talking about it. I've seen it a million times. I feel like I want to try it. Yeah, I feel like I need. I feel like I need somebody to like vouch for me to go to Joe's. Like I feel like you know, let's pick up Lamar Sharp and be like, Nah, man, he's all right. <laughs> this guy's no, I'm telling you, Stansberry's all right. Serve him the chicken. You know, there's a soul food joint. What is it coming back down? Uh, down is that Cleveland there? Yeah. And it's tucked away in w- what's right there where people will know what I'm talking about. It's kind of, I mean, unless you're coming through the area, there's not too much over there. But it's in between, like I would say, somewhere between like ninth and twelfth. Yeah. So like and somewhere it, in that general vicinity. And it's kind of tucked away, and it's like a soul food joint. It, and the back door is always open with the screen door, and the smell is always so good. I just never, I, but I never go. They've got a picture of a grill on it, so you know it's good. Dude. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those places. That is good. So um, I don't know, dude. We should, uh, we should, uh, we should, we should do some fried chicken today. That's that's a not a bad idea. I can't believe that I in three years I don't already know where the best fried chicken is. Well, challenge accepted, right? Yeah. I uh, just, when are we going to stop giving days like special, <laughs> special meaning? As long as you deep fry them, never do. I mean, here's the thing. I love it because I need something for the 45 break anyway. You <laughs> <laughs> know what I mean? I only got a few minutes here anyway. So finding the best fried chicken in Canton. And yes, this is so self-serving because I know for like two hours straight now, people are going to be like, no, do you got to try this? No, do you got to try this? And I'm just going to get fatter and fatter and fatter as the years go on. And I'm totally okay because I feel like, honestly, that should be on the Canton flag. It's just me fat in the center of it. <laughs> Be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. Show on Rock 1069. And welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 1069. 
as we were talking about National Fried Chicken Day, people were just, I, I said, I was like, I knew what would happen. People were just pouring in the suggestions, which is awesome, because now for like two weeks straight, I'll have different places to try, and people keep hitting me up about Barbered and Chicken. Now, I will say this. I've only ever had it the one time, or wait, twice, but from the same place, and I found it to be a little underwhelming. Now, that doesn't mean that all places that sell that style of chicken are underwhelming. It's just I, had, and I don't even remember which place they took me to. But I, that was back when I worked at MMS, actually. And they were like, no, you got to try it. You got to go. And so we went and we, we and I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it wasn't like it was awful. It just, I found it to be a little underwhelming from the way it was sold to me. Meh. Um, it oh, is, yeah? It's overhyped. There's no question about it. Um, and even when you get it, even if you go in there with low expectations, it doesn't have like the same like... I don't know, like, if it's a different, like, breading or if, like, the skin is, like, I don't know. It's just so different than, like, what I expect as of, of my fried chicken. For so. me, fried chicken, for me, it's all about, like, the breading. It's, like, I want it to be super, like, I want it to be crunchy. You know what I mean? That outer layer and then moist in the middle. Um, That's the way fried chicken should be. I uh, I know there's plenty of good local places, but end of the day, dude, KFC is delicious fried chicken. I know people are like, oh, dude, you don't want to go to a corporate place, dude. No, d- delicious fried chicken there at KFC, and um, it is good. It uh, maybe maybe not a fried chicken joint per se, but dude, people at Giant Eagle, they fry one mean bird right they there. They do. That Ugh. is good fried chicken. I think they have like a sale going on right now. I'll too. tell you, but better than that, ironically, is uh. I'll tell you, Fisher's by my house has really good fried. Like normally, when I get fried chicken, that's one that's of the places. That, yeah, that's one of the places I get it because it's like, ah, I'll just drive up there, right there, on off of Harrison, and just grab it and just go right back home, and then you know tear into it. And when I had my old car, because I won't eat in the new one, when uh, I had the old one, I'd just be eating chicken wings in the car, <laughs> throwing bones out, on, you know, what I mean, all over the road. But I, uh, so yeah, I just, I guess I gotta, you know, open my horizons up, widen them out for 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 the. For the fried chicken. There. I'm sure you will. <laughs> so, uh, the can police arrested a man yesterday, and the circumstances are pretty funny. So, this dude was like flying down the road. Julius Edwards was 30. He is. He was driving at a high rate of speed. Cop said, and then he stopped to pick up somebody, and then saw a police cruiser. So he sped away. Right. Uh, that's never going to work. Like, oh, you see a cop and you start running. You're like, all right, well, that's not going to draw any attention to myself. You see a cop and you just start speeding in the other direction. That's not going to work. So they caught up with him. And he pulled into a driveway on Brown Avenue. And when the officer got out of the car and approached his car, Edwards then himself got out of the car and started to run. That's never going to help you. It's not. A brief chase had followed. Edwards was arrested around 2.40 in the morning. He was jailed on charges of driving under suspension and obstructing official business. Now, here's the thing. He has been previously a convicted gang member. Really? He's on parole, and he was on his way. The person he had picked up? was a prostitute. So the dude was speeding to pick up a prostitute and then saw the police cruiser and was like, oh no, and then sped away. I know maybe I'm in denial. Maybe I don't recognize them when I spot them. But I have yet to see a Canton street walking prostitute. Like I know we have back page hoes. 
Like, but I didn't realize we had street. I haven't seen a street walking prostitute. Oh, I disagree. You have totally seen that. Did they just not look like? I mean, is it like sweatpants and old Michigan hoodies? And like, oh, is that why? I, yeah, dude. Yeah, because like, I see a lot of that. That's totally what it is. I mean, so I'm seeing women who are prostitutes that I would never consider to be a prostitute because it's like, well, right? Would, okay. Well, I mean, I, I think I think there's obviously a lot of different you know levels of because glitter skirt and high heels is prostitute. Um, that streetwalker. Maybe 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 on a Friday night, but a Tuesday afternoon, dude, that girl's just wearing a pair of shorts and a tank top because it's hot outside and like So and how do I know that? And you don't have to like doll yourself. Well, if you you know, and I'm not saying I am not trying to make the the, the I'm the, saying, dude, that's a that's a risk to roll down the window and you're like, yo, baby, I got a hundred bucks if she's not actually hooking. If you're in the business of 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 hiring prostitutes off of like Shorb Avenue, then you're already ready to make some bad decisions. Like what's the worst thing that she's gonna do to you? F off idiot? Like that's the worst. So you roll, you roll, roll that's your fair. window it's gonna down. It's going to happen to you in the bar, right, dude? You roll your window down. You ask her, you know, hey girl, you know, she comes over. Ask her how much, and dude, yeah, I'm telling you right now it, that you've seen, you've seen hookers that you didn't know were hookers. Remember, Interesting. I was living in my not the last apartment, but the apartment before that, and I went to go buy a pack of cigarettes, and that lady was like, I was, I was walking into the store, and she's on a bike, and she was like, hey. And I'm like, what? And I knew she was trouble from the get-go. And she's like, I'll suck it for $5. And I'm like, no, get away from me, lady. And she's like, what about a pack of cigarettes? And I just had to like, lady, get away from me. The problem there is, is that when they ask you that, and you got a 10, it's like, (laughs) how do you ask her for the charge? How do you be like, well, give me the fin back? Like, I... (laughs) That's what would be running through my head. It's all, I mean, not a bad idea, but I only got the 10, and I know you're not going to give me the money. I didn't realize, so, like, does, do we have, like, hoe strolls here? Like, Because, yeah. like, in Cleveland, like, I know, it's like, all right, well, if you go down by the waterfront, between here and here, there's the hoe stroll. I didn't realize, do we we have those? I'm sure there's plenty, Um, I think, right there on the corner of... Dude, we're getting educated. Fried chicken and hookers, <laughs> like, this is the best version of this show ever. Like, as, as you, and this is kind of close to the other apartment I lived in, but as you turn onto Fulton from Tusk, like... Kind of around the Timken uh, area there. Okay. There's a pretty notorious neighborhood back there, and one of those brown houses on the corner is just constantly crawling with people, and it seems to be a lot of women just kind of standing there, looking around, standing there, waiting. So, yeah, that's where I would, uh, that's where I'd go peek and see if you could find something. Sean on Twitter's telling me Cherry Avenue, just about a mile past Fisher Foods, yep. you'll find plenty of hookers just walking around. I have never seen that. Bradley says, corner of Fifth and Fulton, they wear jeans and Air Force mm-hmm. One. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Um, it's, you know, obviously, there's I never high-end this. call girls that we all have in our mind of like, okay, right. well, you're going to be $2,000 a night. And then there's girls or chicks that are 20 bucks. That'll S your D for five bucks or a pack of cigarettes. So Ugh. there's going to be a lot of variation in between the two of them there. Um, and really, a big part of what this is going to boil down to is drugs and and people are desperate for another 10 bucks so they can buy more heroin yeah that's and, been the case for street prostitution since the beginning of time yeah it's it, well as the epidemic grows so will this problem so will this like where women decide like screw oh, it yeah when the housing market crashed a bunch of women started to become strippers who would have never thought about doing that like when when the economy goes bad that's what people do they get desperate they do weird things 
I just thought it was funny. The guy sped up to get a hooker. It's like, dude, it's 2 o'clock and 2.30 in the morning. Bro, you got time. You know what I mean? Like, trust me. Is she, she ain't got nothing else to do. No. <laughs> you're you're going to be fine. And I just don't get, I will never understand. Like, I can get why, why, why a criminal would think, oh, if I just press the gas pedal and go faster, I might get away. I'll never understand why you think you're going to get away on foot. Ever. Not going not gonna to work. No, they're going to set a wide perimeter. They're going to catch you. And I, I just, I, I will never understand running off. I could get the Amer- I could get the person going off. Oh, I just, if I speed, they'll never catch me. You're driving around in a in a 1998 like like Focus, and you think that you're gonna outrun the cops? I still think driving's a bad idea. Well, yeah, because I bet this guy honestly could have ran out of gas trying to run from right, the- <laughs> right. You know, he's got a quarter tank of gas. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that was probably the case. Out of fear of talking about too much sex. Back to back here. I, I am a little nervous about that, but I have some information on what the most popular method of birth control is, and I think it's going to shock you. We'll give you that next on Rock 1069. On Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069 online at wrqk.com, where if you head over there right now, check out the Sandsbury Show section. Fantone found out all the details of the gathering of the Juggalos for this year. The details are out. And here's the thing I kind of want to go. Mushroom Head's part of that. Okay. Dope's part of that. They're All pretty right. good. You can check out the rest of the info. WRQK.com. Stansbury, big juggalo over there, huh? Uh, here's the thing. I don't necessarily love all the music, but I have always gotten the juggalos back as a guy who, um, as I bartend at a musical venue. I'll say this about juggalo people. They come out and they support their shows. Like you always hear people online, bitch, everything skips this area. Nobody comes and plays here anymore. Well, the juggalo shows always do. Because people yeah. show up and they buy tickets, they buy merch, and they go to the show. Versus, I wish I could go to this, but can't find a sitter or whatever the hell else everybody posts about every other rock show that comes through town. Bring your kids to an ITP show. It doesn't matter. You have a baby, bring your baby with you. Ah, I feel like that was horrible advice. Mm. I don't know, Stansbury. Who are you to tell me how to parent my hypothetical child? <laughs> but the details for the gathering of the Juggalos online for you at WRQK.com. I did read this, and it's a little alarming, but not surprising because, well, it has to do with sex, and I feel like people are willing to be risky with their sex. All right. But we found out that 40% of young people, teens, have reported uh, of having sex at least once. Back in the 80s, it was between like 58 and 60%. So it's actually going down, the amount of uh, teenagers having sex at least once. These damn kids nowadays being responsible with their genitals. Sons of bitches. <laughs> but the problem is, is that condoms are the most common form of birth control. But right behind it is actually no form of birth control, and it's the pull-out method, which is a terrible method. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel necessarily all that safe with it. Doctors here say... That no matter how skilled the lover, that a man does not know when you start to leak out seminal fluid, meaning like the pre-semen. And that a lot of times can be loaded down with loaded sperm that can get you pregnant. And no, they say no man, no matter how skilled you are, can tell that that's happening. Well enough to be able to use the pull-out method as the way. And I can't deny that. That that's a terrible system to use. 
Can I get you to take part in this? Yeah, of course. Okay, of course. what is it you're looking at? No, I've seen if precum has has, has semen. If it let's has be careful in. with that. Okay, because um, I'm not sure that that's something we can say. We might want to be careful with that. I um, I, but this according to this, they're saying that is it three times, thirty percent of the time. Sorry, that they'll ha- that that can happen, and that's how people are getting pregnant. The pullout method is a terrible system to use. It's irresponsible, and I now again I have so much condom sex because I'm not in a relationship. And if you're in a relationship, then that's on you. And if you guys decide to have children, I mean that, that's one thing. Or if you get pregnant and you decide, you know what, we're in love, we're going to raise the kid, that's fine. I just don't think that's the way a lot of young people are having sex. No, I mean, I, I it, it's probably not the best decision for a young person to be like, oh, well, we're deciding to have a child. I mean, yeah, obviously you want to make sure that you're a little further down the road of life as, as you make that decision, of course. So it's condoms at 97%, and then I, I and then it's the pull-out method, and they say the oral contraceptive pills fall closely behind in third place at 56%. Now, I would imagine some of this stuff... When people aren't using birth control, especially younger people, when you're not doing it, it's because of the cost of it. Because condoms, I mean, I find condoms to be reasonably priced, but again, I'm gainfully employed. Yeah, I mean, it's and people have a hard time. Obviously, the cost of a condom is far less than the cost of a child, but people have a hard time seeing that. That's far future down the, down the road right? versus what you have to spend right now. And I, I mean, they're worth the money. But I also, you know, there's always going to be the thing where guys feel like, you know, it just feels better if you're not wearing a condom. And ultimately, yes. But again, I'm having so much condom sex anymore that, I mean, dude, sex is still pretty good. It's not so much of a problem. And I think that's something, too, where that first time out... Uh, what do I want to say? You don't necessarily, you don't know the difference early on in your sexual career. So it's like, well, dude, just go with condoms at that point. You're so excited to have somebody naked with you. You're so excited to like be in that situation where, you know, I understand a good point. I understand 35 years and, you know, into it, you're like, dude, I do not want to wear another condom. Not that it's, you know, you're going to save your genitals from anything. I would imagine too, when you're young, you're just having tons of sex like you're just you're young it's the only thing you know to do you know what i mean it's like you either get dropped off at the movies or you're just having sex on your parents couch and so it's so many times that honestly the cost of condoms is going to start to rack up right i um i i I guess i can understand that you know yes there's there's no doubt that sex without a condom feels better there you're a liar to say otherwise yeah it'd be hard to deny that um but the biggest concern and i i guess this is something other than pregnancy but it's still condoms related you can talk about the pull-out method you can talk about the pill you can talk about just going ahead and and doing, you know, reaching climax, you know, wh- wh- wherever, but y- you're still exposing yourself to STDs. And that's the right. thing. That's the thing that's always like, dude, I, I don't want that. Like, especially that, what is it like 50% of the U.S. population has HPV? Okay. One in four sexually active people have herpes. I mean, when you start to really read the numbers, it's crazy. And, you know, you can you can make the assumption that your partner or it doesn't have it, but you have no way of knowing that you have no way of being were they responsible enough to go get tested as often as they should. We're, you're trusting people there. And honestly, people can't be trusted. And you're trusting their partners there. You're trusting their entire sexual history there. And like, obviously, you know, I've made my fair share of mistakes. Where oh, it's God, like, yeah. Damn, I wish I would have been smarter about that. 
Um, but you really do at this point in life, as as you know, we 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 deal with an injection drug epidemic. You really do start having to think about like, dude, you could get AIDS from this. Like this, this yeah. this is a very real possibility here. You get, I mean, honestly, that's true. And more than, I mean, I guess, I mean, when AIDS first started to blow up, it, you know, it was definitely bad. I um, but I think now more than ever, it may be a a very dangerous time to have unprotected sex right now. I think I think AIDS, especially when it first came out, that was like, oh, it's gay dudes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, ah, that's that not, was the way it was sold. I, I got nothing to worry about. I'm having sex with a chick, you know. And that's middle, how it spread in the middle of Ohio. Like, what do what do I have to worry about? But now, when there are people on a regular basis using needles to to you know take drugs, and you do kind of have to worry about. Yeah, that. I mean, AIDS was sold to us when it first came out as like a gay problem, and I believe that's how it spread. Spread is that straight people went, nah, not my issue, and just kept having unprotected sex, and that's how it spread like wildfire because they were they were told like an old wives' tale that it wasn't going to affect them. They say here the best method to use is to wear condoms and still withdraw both, is to use both. And I will admit that I don't trust the condom companies. Is you know what I mean? Because again, nothing's one hundred percent effective. That I—that's the system I most times will use. Yeah, I mean, what else are you gonna put your faith in? Like you calculating the second to last hump? Like, okay, I know exactly when it's gonna happen here. <laughs> right? No, you don't. Um, but I think that's pretty commonplace. Is you know, I, I, me as a condom wearer, I always had a hard time reaching climax in them. So like withdrawing the rip and rub was kind of the the, the primary method there for me. Is that right? Yeah. I um I'm uh yeah I I I don't want the fear of picking up a child from a woman's house you know every other weekend hate. Oh. for the next twenty years right has always made me like ah let's make sure we're using multiple systems here so I was always the yeah we'll wear a condom and then you know yeah we'll make sure we 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 get out of here before <laughs> maybe we should it's like you know you go grocery shopping before they run out it's kind of like get out of here before we absolutely have to get out of here more Sansbury show right around the corner hang on. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show and Rock 106.9. If you missed yesterday, you can podcast it at WRQK.com. It's where you can also get all the details on the gathering of the Juggalos. A bunch of people playing that. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have guessed. None of it's like, oh, why are they doing that? But there's a couple of artists on that. I wouldn't have guessed, but you can get that info at WRQK.com. The Insane Clown Posse, they're really good at putting on shows. And like, yeah, they are. You can hate them all you want to, and that's fine. I don't think it bothers them at all. Um, but they deliver. Like, they have bang for your buck. Like, you go to one of those things, and it's monster trucks and pro wrestling and all the things that their fans love. And like, Yeah, I mean, if your girlfriend has two different colors in her hair, green on one side and purple on the other... Uh, They'll put on the show that'll make her happy for sure. I like I've given all those bands credit, all they all credit that whole scene. The scene supports itself, and that's more than I can say for a lot of rock scene stuff that goes on in the area. I mean, isn't that the big problem with rock music nowadays? Nobody goes, nobody goes, nobody, nobody cares, goes. nobody buys anything. Everybody talks about how I can't believe all these bands skip here, and then bands do come, and then nobody goes. Yeah, that's the huge problem with it. I've said it years ago. I said the problem is we are a poor ticket buying community. We are. Just the way it is. Everybody wants to blame other things for it. It's like, no, it's like you don't want to go. That's that's the whole problem. And for some reason, the Juggalos do. They go to those shows. I think because they get banged for their buck, it man. Might be. It's because they, they, they know get how a to, show. They know how to put on a performance. Versus Wes Scantlin and Jeans throwing up on stage and can't finish the set. Yeah, that is why. 
A woman in Pennsylvania spent 4th of July weekend making a bunch of you mad. And I will admit that I hate when people do this. But she posted a video of herself online urinating on the American flag. Jeez. She has since received some death threats. Not surprised. And my response to that is that. Yeah, duh, of course she did. Yeah. She says she has received death threats after she posted a video of herself urinating on the American flag on July 4th, the proper there. She posted it to Facebook, of course. Emily Lance of Philadelphia did. What she had done was draped the American flag over a toilet seat. Now, the video has since been taken down, Fantone. You know how this goes. People get upset about stuff. People report it. And then Facebook's like, nah, let's not do that. Let's yank it down. But according to the Daily Mail, Lance reportedly captioned the video with F your nationalism, F your country, F your stupid effing flag. The video quickly went viral, obviously. Social media users then quick to send her death threats. Apparently, she had posted a screenshot of someone claiming that there was a $3,000 bounty on her head on Craigslist, which is, of course, awful. Yeah. Okay? You shouldn't do that. No. Now, no such posts confirming the man's statement appeared on a search that Fox News had done for the story. She defended her actions, Emily Lance did, in another post saying she's entitled to urinate on the flag under the First Amendment. She says here, freedom of speech slash expression means that I'm entitled to do and say as I please, even if you don't like it. So long as I'm not physically hurting someone and no, your precious feelings don't count, that's your own problem, Lance wrote on Facebook. What don't you people understand, she said. You're celebrating freedom while damning me for doing the same. You can't have it both ways. Freedom or none. Practice what you preach or shut the F up. In another post, she wrote, people are wishing illness, harm, and suffering upon her over a piece of fabric, as she called it. She says, it's sad that people don't realize how brainwashed they are. I'm gross for peeing on a symbol, but look at yourselves. You people epitomize all that is foul. Additionally, she said her dad, who had no part in the video whatsoever, and she even says he disagrees with what I did, said that his place of work has been receiving death threats as well, which I do believe. I would believe that. I believe that people would track down who her dad was and people would get that heated about this issue online and would go too far and like threaten to kill him too. I totally buy that. But this is the reaction she wanted, right? And Which is the point to do it, was to make people this angry. So being surprised that there's th- they're this angry is a little stupid to me because this is what you did. Everybody's got one of these issues. Everybody's got one of these things. So for some of you, it's spelling. For some of you, it's grammar, punctuation, or I can't believe people use your and not you are. And like some, dude, everybody's got the thing that makes them absolutely crazy and thinks that everybody else in the country is an idiot because they don't feel that way about it. And that this is her thing. The flag is her thing. Being able to step on the flag or pee on it or whatever you want to do to it, that's her thing. And people love making people angry with their thing when they think that they're so right about it. So this is the reaction she wanted to get, and so I don't understand being surprised by the outcry. You definitely can't be surprised that there was a backlash to this. Um, 
even that being said, though, it doesn't excuse death threats. No, death threats are never the right call. So those have to be treated as criminal. You know what I mean? And real. Like, you can't just laugh those away anymore. You shouldn't laugh those away anymore. Shrugging your shoulders and being like, "Eh, what am I going to do about it? That's not going to end up well when there's people who are threatening violence against you. It's not going to end up well, dude. It's it just not. I mean, you knew this is a hot button issue for people. Right. You also did it on the 4th of July. Right. You knew exactly what you were doing here. Well, and I guess all those, all the backlash is one thing, death threats another. So, like, as long as we can separate those two things, threats of violence versus, like, people can say you're a terrible person. People can say that they wish the worst on you. you that's shouldn't, all acceptable. This should, you shouldn't do this. It's right. disrespectful. Right. All that's in balance because it's true. You're a terrible person. Um, I hate you. I hope you die. That's a terrible person, I'm, I, I think, is for me, is personally going too far, but it's inbounds. Yeah, I mean, it's not saying I'm going to kill you or I'm going to find you and, and chop your head off. Those that That's where the line is there. Saying I hope you die in a terrible fashion, okay, I that's fine. hate when people disrespect the flag that way. I don't know why. I did not serve. My father did, but again, he wasn't real big into, like, I didn't grow up in a military household, is my point. He served in the Vietnam War, but you wouldn't have known. It's like, you know what I mean? He didn't talk about it a lot. It wasn't like a big part of conversation in my house and that. So I don't know why I do, but when I see people burn the flag or step on it or urinate, it does. It makes me angry. So that's a patriotism. That's all right. You don't have to, you know, you didn't have to have served to, to, to necessarily feel that way. It makes me angry. And I do get the irony that it is the, like, because some people say, you know, it's the most American thing you can do, you know, expressing your freedom. I, but I do feel like it's a slap in the face. To people who defended the country. Now, I know I could line up a million people who served who would say, no, that's exactly why I served, is to protect your right to be able to do that. I And I know I could. But for me, it does feel like, and I won't speak for them, It just, but to me, it feels like a slap in the face to people who served the country. And I think that's probably a part of the intent there. And it's okay. Like, I'm not saying that, like, oh, it's an acceptable thing to do, but, like... You, if you feel that way and that's how you want to express your feelings, I, I, I have a hard time saying you can't. I if, don't, I don't if, like it. If but. I went home today and Facebook lived a video of me burning a flag, desecrating the flag in any manner, mm-hmm. am I employed tomorrow by iHeartMedia? No, no. Seeing that crazy? They'll cut you. Um, again, didn't do it on the air. Well, you're still a representative of the brand a hundred percent of the time. I mean. Yeah, that's true. And, and if this, and woman's- that's what it says in my. That's what it says in my. I, you know what? I bet that's under the morality clause of the contract. If this woman's job decides to fire her over this, that's okay. You have your First Amendment, and you're allowed to say what you want and think what you want. Doesn't mean there's not going to be consequences. Consequences to, to whether. Right. So, uh, I, I, would I ever support this or sign off on this? No, of course not. But it's in its essence the most. And she said it in there. I mean, she's it's the like, most American thing you can do. Well, they say. It, it's it's the most un-PC thing you can do. Yeah. If you want to talk about stop being so politically correct, well, dude, this is the this is the definition of unpolitically correct. That's true. And so, for some reason or another, like, well, I can say whatever I want, do whatever I want, but as soon as you bring that flag into it, that's where the yeah, it's hypocrite. That's where the line's drawn. It's hypocrites. People don't want people to be PC about the things you don't want them to be PC about, but the things that you hold close to the vest, you wish people would be pc about that's the that's the whole point of that whole that whole thing and woke and all that stuff that's what makes it all a mess is because it's only the things you view to be sacred that you want people dancing around i i we at the end of the day yes of course are talking about a representation of our country but what we're really talking about is a piece of cloth 
And if you want to burn that piece of cloth, that was probably made in China. If you want to urinate on that piece of cloth, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you you can't urinate on your T-shirt. I'm not gonna tell you you can't urinate. You know what difference is this? You bought that. It's, it's a your fair point. property. Like you do whatever the hell you want with it. It's Dude, America. Dudes all over the country are taking a T-shirt with the American flag on it and doing worse things to it than peeing in it. So you're right about that. I mean. We have American flag bandanas and underwear and bikinis. And so, like, at some point, you're right. It does come down to the fact that it's a piece of cloth. But I will tell you, when I see videos of people stepping on it or burning on it or spitting on it or doing anything, it just, it does. It makes me angry. It probably should. It probably should. I, it doesn't it, mean they can't do it, though. It goes back to what my dad said all the time to me as a kid. That just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. An adult will do what you should, not what you're allowed to do. So I think everybody out there should do what they should when it comes to the flag. Now, that's just my opinion. Don't pee on the American flag. Just don't do it. Hot takes. I feel, yeah, right? Like, that's a hot take. Don't urinate on the flag. What a hot take I have. A coffin was found on the side of the road in Pennsylvania, and you won't believe what was in it. And more importantly, you won't believe what wasn't in it. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend, Pegs. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here for the CSE Federal Credit Union. I've been using CSE since moving down here to Stark County, and I love the fact that they are 100% local and all of my money stays right here. If you're car shopping, you know what some people never think about doing? Get pre-approved for your loan before you head to the dealership. Trust the dealership on the car, totally, yeah. But trust the loan experts at CSE to help you find the best loan possible. If you need more information, it can always be found via their website. That is CSEFCU.com. One more time, that website is CSEFCU.com. Stop by a CSE branch and get pre-approved for a loan today. CSE, we have a loan for that. 1069. Hey, welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069 around 8 30 we're going to talk about how uh, fantone had floated the notion a little while ago on the on the show that one particular sitcom he feels is probably the best tv show of all time and it came out yesterday that the show's creators are going to make a huge change to the program and i'm interested to see what happens with that so we'll discuss that at 8 30 now however i gotta tell you about this awful story i believe this was philadelphia yeah where police are now investigating after a coffin was fine, uh, was found on the sidewalk. And uh, some people were walking down the street around 9 p.m. This was Tuesday. And found a coffin. And so they obviously called the cops. And the medical examiner determined that a plastic bag inside the coffin contained, and this is where it gets interesting, embalmed organs from an infant or small child. But making this story more unusual is that other than the bag of organs, Fantone, there was no body inside of it. So all that was in the coffin, which was a fresh coffin, which they think was possibly taken from a funeral home or dug up from a fresh grave even, the lid of the small casket may have recently been pried open because the screws were freshly loosened, according to the cops. So all that was in there, though, was a bag of embalmed organs, no body. Now, it was across the street from a cemetery. Where they found it. When obviously finding any coffin, you're going to be very like, 
what is this doing here? Like, right. You'd almost feel like you're getting punked. Like you'd look around like, what, what is what is this? Right. Um, but I'm going to assume this is obvi- a smaller coffin. This is a child-sized coffin, which would make things even creepier. When, when they put, Yes, it when, is. It, it's much littler. Yeah. When, when they put somebody in the ground, they take out the organs, correct? Isn't that kind of protocol? Like, isn't that standard par for the course? Or uh, am I wrong there? You know, I don't know. I thought I thought that, I don't have the I, answer. To that. I thought that was, and I thought maybe if like, did the child's body was it cremated, and that's why there was still like the fluid, or there that's why there was still like a sack of organs where you didn't necessarily you don't burn everything up. You take those out and then you cremate. I I, I don't know what that what that protocol is. No, you no. know, we we have a very dedicated listener of the program who's an embalmer. Like that's what she does, and she's always hitting me up when we talk about. It. I hope she's listening right now. Um, because she'd be able to tell us for sure. Um, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for what her name is right now, but she, she'll, she'll tweet at me and stuff when we talk about this kind of stuff a lot. And uh, this is what she does for a living, and uh, which I find to be very interesting, by the way. Like That's an interesting career. It's not something I would want to do, per se, but I've always found it to be a little interesting. Yeah, I think with, like, with a lot it's of just jobs, abnormal. you have to be a, of a certain cut to be able to do something like that. And there's definitely benefits to the job. I mean, it's you know, recession proof. It's always going to be there for you. That's like, a fair point. They keep bringing bodies and there's, there's no stopping them, but I would just assume that has to be a mentally exhausting and emotionally exhausting job. I bet it just hardens you in a, in a way. Cause you just see death every single day. And so it probably makes you a little jaded. I, I think, I, I mean, I'm sure. And I guess it's a little bit different than like first responders who are trying to save people's lives versus actually dealing with dead bodies. But Dude, you see the grotesque and terrible ways that people go, and I, I would certainly imagine there's got to be a little bit of like, I don't want to say PTSD, but like a little bit of like residual like, oh my god, just what negative. did I just write? What did I just see? Like EMTs can get that way, cops can get that way, and it's just part of the it's just part of the gig. It's part of the, like the awful that you see every day. Now, what I find interesting here is that this was found across the street from a cemetery. So the cops did, of course, what smart cops are going to do. They walked over to the cemetery and be like, well, let's see if we can find like. A dug up grave. Searched the cemetery, couldn't find nothing. Them. And that's even stranger. Nothing. Like if they found a dug up grave right across the street, you'd be like, okay, well, yeah, tie one thing to the other, and then there you go. At least, you know, one more piece of the puzzle is there. But to, to, for it just to be on the street corner, and again, a, a fresh coffin, they say, small coffin for the size of an infant, you open it, no body, just a bag of the embalmed, like, organs in there. Now, don't get me wrong. Philly's a big city. There, there's no doubt about oh, that. Oh, yeah, too. But uh, there couldn't have been that many recent baby burials. You know what I mean? There's only X amount of those. Now, that X might be a pretty high number, but I would assume police are going to be able to figure out whose body this is and then what happened here. It's true there because you're not dealing with like a young adult, like a 25 yeah, to 40 year old. Yeah. It, this is this is going to be a smaller number. Um, and, and again, it could be a large number, but smaller than like just overall deaths in, in the city. And so like, you'd think you'd be able to get through the list somewhat quick. And I mean, honestly, yeah, you only have to deal with, there's only so many funeral homes, so many groups. It's not like, it's not like this happened. I would assume it's not like this happened in somebody's garage. It's not like this is like somebody that just did this. I would hope there, there has to be like a business involved in this somewhere along the line. Somebody knows whose whose child that is. Cops obviously plan on um, checking with all funeral homes in the area to see if anybody's missing a body or a coffin. And I guess, I mean, that's the biggest question, right? Is where's the body? Like, what'd you, what'd you do with the body? 
that you have the embalmed because again, like the organs have been processed. So this is seeing the hands of a professional. Do you think somebody has that body somewhere? Yes. Like you think there's like a dead child's body? I mean, you think it's his parents? Like, oh my god, I can't believe little Timmy's gone. Do you think it's like some sort of perv? I like, don't know. I don't know because again, I guess I just wish I knew more about how they. I mean, they don't put the bag of embalmed organs in the in the casket with you, do they? I, I don't. I don't think so. I, I, I mean, right? Like, I what would be so. the purpose of doing that? Like, I understand prepping the body, even doing it for the viewing, and putting the suit on it, and all that stuff that you know people do. Um, so, so I'm with all that. I just I don't understand the connection here and why you would just put organs in a casket and then leave it on the side of the road. It almost feels like to me. Like young punks broke into a funeral home and did something where you just don't realize you're not funny and that you're honestly it's awful. Yeah, it's terrible. It kind of sounds like young boys being young boys and and th- th- still need to be punished. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying it kind of feels that way to me versus like malicious adults doing something. This feels more like, oh, we'll do this and it'll be funny. It feels like that to me. And that would be the best case scenario as far as I'm concerned. So I hope that's what this ends up being. I don't know. It's just I I found that story to be very, very strange. A major show is going to change their programming. They're going to change the dialogue of their sitcom. And I think it's ballsy, and we'll uh, we'll break it down for you next on Rock 106. That's all available for you at WRQK.com. It was once upon a time on this very program where Fantone had said that South Park may be the greatest show in the history of television. Yeah, and the more I've thought about it, the more I stand by it. I at, at first, when you first said it, I remember it felt like sacrilege to me. But the more I sat around, I mean, dude, they've stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. And your point was they're constantly relevant. Mm-hmm. And that they turn around that show much faster than most cartoons do because the animation is kind of what it is. It's it, it can be turned around faster. They do it digitally, and like the Simpsons, Family Guy, anything like that, anything animated. You're sending art. You're sending you know the storylines over to artists, and they're taking you know X amount of time to turn that around, and then you got to revoice the whole thing, and blah 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 blah. There's a million steps along the way where South Park can just voice it animate it and boom be ready i i can't remember what the show was called or what the documentary was called a week till air or something like that or yeah i watched that though it, it was really good i mean it was you know it, it was, was all about how they turned the show around so fast right and the ability to do that combined with i feel like a lot of other things is why that show is the greatest of all time i also think trey parker do i have her and matt stone are both very witty mm-hmm. and which will help the writing for sure and um, I, I will tell you that I have not been a steady viewer of South Park in some time. Like, I've watched a few episodes that have, like, gone, like, kind of viral. People are like, oh, you got to see that. And then, you know, online have gone back and watch it. But I'm talking, like, since the theatrical release of the movie, have I been, like, a dedicated South Park viewer? Now, I don't dislike the show. It's just, I'm just, I don't know. I just don't, don't find myself watching it a lot. I think new episodes start early September or maybe late August. I saw a commercial for it. Um, I'm a, I'm a weekly viewer. I mean, obviously, with this job, I can't necessarily stay up and watch it at 10 o'clock at night, but it's DVR'd every week week and every thursday morning that's like when i get off work i'm you like go home and watch yeah it. i'm going to watch south park right now so it, it is i mean i feel like there's a million reasons and and it dude if 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 i if if you had other shows that were able to 
be relevant for so long if Seinfeld were still on today or if Cheers were still on today or the million other shows people talk about as the greatest of all time. MASH and yeah, but yeah, the they, history. They, they don't have that same ability, and that's one of the strengths of South Park. South Park is going into season 21, and Trey Parker says, we're going back to the basics. And basically what he means is here is that they're dumping the Donald Trump storyline. They're getting rid of it. And um, they had gotten into it uh, with the whole election cycle. Yeah. And we expect that from South Park, kind of. And Trey Parker gets into that. I have a statement here. He says, he says, yeah, making jokes off the latest news has just gotten boring. We weren't ever really that show. We would do an entire season and there would be one moment that played off of something that had just happened. And people would go, that's South Park. South Park, that's, that, that's what that show does. And he says, that's not true. We're not that show says, we did start to become that, though, especially last season. We fell into the same trap that Saturday Night Live fell into, where it's like, dude, we're just becoming CNN now. We're becoming tuned in to say what we're going to say about Trump. Matt and I hated it, but we got stuck in it somehow. And I, his statement goes on, and we'll read it to you, but that I liked. That I liked the fact that that's, that's honesty right there. That's gut-checking of a guy running a show saying, dude, we kind of fell into this. It's probably not the best thing for us. Let's get back out of it. We're going to get back out. He says, this season, I want to get back to Cartman dressing up like a robot and screwing with butters. Because to me, that's the bread and butter of South Park. Kids being kids and being ridiculous and outrageous. But not, did you, what, did you see what Trump did last night? He's like, because I don't really care anymore. He says, well, we, he says we could probably put up billboards that say, look at what we're going to do to Trump next week and get crazy ratings. He says, but I don't care. And, you know, they talked about, you know, they also asked him, you know, how, how have you been able to stay on the air given, you know, the over PC environment with TV and people, you know, claiming comedy is going too far. He says, look, the witch hunt is coming for us. Our day is coming. One of these days out of nowhere, we'll do something and they'll say, how dare you? And we'll be done. He says, but what people don't realize is I've thought this for 20 years. We're ready for it. Our bags are packed and in the car. We're ready to go back to Colorado, and it's cool, man. Well, obviously their level of success <laughs> has that. Right. I mean, yes, of course you can walk away and, and, and not have to worry about it. Um, and it must be nice, too, to have a level of success where as a show you can say, yeah, this probably would give us a ton of ratings, but I don't care. I don't want to do it. We're going to get ratings this way. I, I, that's that's an admirable place to be in as as I sit here as a broadcaster. It's like, damn, dude, that's got to be nice. I think they're smart here. I, I, I understood what SNL was doing, but I remember saying, like, look, guys, I I understand what you're doing here, but you're going to get guilty of going back to this well too many times because it's easy. Well, with that, though, SNL hasn't necessarily been relevant in such a long time that this is their like last gasp and like, OK, it's if, a haymaker. If we become if we become the anti-Trump show, at least we're something We're the show of something where South Park doesn't necessarily have to be that they can be and, other things. And SNL is kind of the history of the show is political satire. I mean, that's definitely been a part of SNL since the beginning of it. It's not necessarily been a part of what South Park was about. A big part of the problem with South Park last season and how it all, I, I mean, I, I would assume most people are somewhat familiar with the characters and stuff, but Mr. Garrison portrayed Trump. Hillary Clinton was Hillary Clinton, you know, and it was just kind of like Mr. Garrison as Trump running against her. And a part of the problem, and they did this the season before too, is 
everything became a, a season-long story. Like, you had to watch the shows in succession and like, okay, I watch episode one, now here's episode two. And See, that's uh, South Park, I should be able to turn it on and be like... Right. And, and just watch it. Now, it was funny. They did a bunch of really funny stuff. And like, I can believe that. Uh, the one thing I will always give South Park credit for is they're not afraid to go either way. They crapped all over Hillary Clinton. They crapped all over Donald Trump. They did it left and right, dude. They, they, they took care of that. And I feel like on a regular basis, they do take care of that. They're very equal opportunity. Like, if you give us something to mock, we're going to mock that's, it. That's true. That and, is who they are. And, and, you know, when, when you, when you take those things and kind of, you know, it just became a little exhausted over the course of 12 episodes where it was like, oh, my God, dude, I just want it to be its own episode. I just want to be entertained for a half an hour and not have to worry about, like, well, what happens next week and what happens two weeks down the road. And I, I can understand why, honestly, and it was the it was it was the episode after Trump, President Trump won. They had to go back to the drawing board because they were prepared for Hillary to win. They were writing everything for her to win, and they had to, like, you know, they get this curveball thrown at them. I would assume that kind of effed up what they had in their minds is the storyline. What they had in their minds is like, this is how we're going to wrap this up and what we're going to do. So your point is maybe that's why they're rethinking this going, let's not get trapped into this again. Why would, why would we put ourselves in this situation where we're dependent on what on he other, does right on other people like when That's we, a fair point when we can have our own sustained like sustainable success by just using the characters and, and, and the writers we have i also think it's a mass appeal show now that it wasn't always that way and that there's a risk in being so negative with him there's a risk in it believe me i have felt the risk in it i have had people very bad dude I've, i had a guy just last week who has listened to me since the beginning of my career, which spans over 15 years. A guy said to me, dude, I've listened to you every day. You've been on the radio ever since. But he's like, dude, I know, or at least he feels as if, because he doesn't know this, that I have a hatred of Donald Trump, which is wildly inaccurate of my position, by the way. But he's like, you hate him, and so now I hate you. So there's a risk in it. There's a risk in going after him, for sure. Oh, yeah. And I know that there's a win for for certain people, but again, this is kind of like what Michael Jordan said about shoes. It's like, bruh, Republicans and Democrats both buy shoes. I just want to sell shoes. And I think South Park just wants to sell episodes. I, I think they're going to continue to use politics. I don't think they're going to be like... He's not going to disappear. Right. It just can't be the central focus. It just can't be like, this is what it's about. And that's, dude, I, I think any broadcaster kind of needs to take that lesson of like, yeah, there's going to be times, even like broadcasters, comedians anything there's going to be times when the social commentary is there for you and you're able to say something and you're able to you know make a joke of something but if that's your bread and butter if you're a comedian or a radio show or a tv show that goes out there every day saying you know what we're going to be the anti-Trump show. That's all you're ever going to be. Right. That you, you, there's no growth there. There's no further. You know. It's like no- my buddy once said about bars. Once you're a gay bar, you're a gay bar. No matter if how many times it sells, no matter how many different owners, if it was a gay bar once, people just always view it as a gay bar. It's just the, kind of the way it is. And ver- if you're an anti-Trump show, that's what you're, you are right about that. That is what you are going to be. And I think that there's, I think Trey Parker and Matt Stone are both smart enough to know this, that there are, that both sides of the aisle watch their show. And that even if they didn't, it does get to be the thing where it's like, no matter what the joke is, the joke gets old. Ask Mike Myers, right? Ask Mike Myers. Mike Myers' jokes get old very fast because all he ever does is give you the same three jokes. And I think these guys want to stay, you know, a little bit more relevant. 
And not that the president's not, but they want to just avoid when people turn on the TV and go, oh my God, this again? This is coming from every single entertainment thing on TV now, which is bashing him? And so I think they're looking to go the other way, which is kind of what makes them the rebels they've always been. And that they're not afraid to like kind of try and rethink and do and reshape and be and, and stay relevant. They've done a fantastic job. Now, I'm not a viewer of the show, but they've obviously done a great job to stay on the air 21 seasons. Greatest show in the history of television. I'll, I'll say it. <sighs> Dude, I can't. I don't have the argument that proves that you're wrong, and yet I don't want to admit that you're right. That's what's weird about that show, and I wonder if it's because it's animated, and if that's one of the things that's holding me back from it. I don't know, but I uh, I, I don't have a good enough argument to prove you wrong. But I just don't want to give in on South Park being the greatest show of all time. Um, we're going to talk about something a little sensitive next, and in well, it's all about your bowel movements. I'll explain next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss you for pigs. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here and with Summer 6.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. During the break, Fantone was telling me that tomorrow, First Friday, is what, this is the 10th anniversary? Indeed it is the 10th anniversary of First Friday. That's pretty awesome. And uh, it's going to be a blowout from what I've heard. Um... Fireworks and uh, you know a bunch of other surprises. Obviously, live music at every single bar. You've got all sorts of art stuff going on. I'm gonna I, go tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go tomorrow night. I um, I did I go last month? I don't think I went last month, so I'll probably go tomorrow. Yeah. I don't. I don't have much going on Friday, and I don't. More importantly, I don't have much going on Saturday morning, so I can sleep off first Friday. And this, you know, as it's the 10th anniversary of it, and First Friday really was kind of the catalyst of the downtown turnaround, um, come on out and support, dude. I mean, yeah, come on out and, 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 you know, buy something from somebody and, and be a part of this positive movement and this economic driver. I got to be careful with this next topic of conversation. Um I can be, I have been rather accused of, you know, occasionally driving us into the more childish of lanes. And, you know, I, I point out to people that a lot of times that's what the Rock Morning Show's job is. Yeah. Um, is to drive us into that lane. But I, I, I did have somebody say to me yesterday, it's like, yeah, man, I like you. And then, you know, one time you were talking about this and it was just like a little much for me. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm like, welcome to the program. That's kind of how radio shows work. And there's going to be a flip to that where it's like, dude, just stop talking about politics. Stop right. talking about abortion. Stop Tell me about somebody about- masturbating. Right. right. So it's a, it's a balancing act there. It's a little bit of a balancing act. And I read this from Thrillist. And it's all about... How long it should take you to dump out? All right, the good people at Thrillist figuring that figuring, out. figuring it out. I thought Thrillist had a new album coming out, but I, apparently uh, they've got this. Uh... And I did not know the number. And when I first read the number of how fast you should be pooping, I was like, that seems quick. And then I thought about, it, I was like, but maybe not. And. We're experienced in this because we have to do these kinds of things during a commercial break and then like run back to the studio. So like we're on the game. Like we're on like ah, we can't just dilly-dally in there. You got to like wrap it up and get back out of there. But I felt like this number just sounded alarming to me. 12 seconds is the is what they say is like how long it should take you to poop. That doesn't make any sense. They say uh, the study published in Soft Matter, that's not a joke, that's actually the name, reports 
Mammals poop in approximately 12 seconds on average, regardless of size. And much like in the children's classic book, Everybody Poops, they say 12 seconds in there. And they say that human beings, like any other mammal, should be able to evacuate your bowels in 12 seconds. Now, I'm figuring this from like from when like pants go down until when I'm done. That's obviously going to take more than 12 yeah, seconds. Yeah, no, I think they mean from like cheeks on seat to first push. Like gr- like in the grunt the grunt section there is like uh, yeah. that shouldn't take more than 12 seconds. Okay, I can I can buy that. And are they talking 12 seconds per per turd essentially? Cuz here's the thing on that. Like it depends on what you're getting rid of. Yeah. Right? And it depends on what you ate and the thing. Because sometimes it's like one and done. And you're like, you know what I mean? Like, and you're out. But there are times where it's like, am I done? No. Wait. Almost done. No. You're so. Yeah, you're still pushing it out. And you, yeah, I, I, 12 seconds of actual grunt time per turd I can buy. I think that's that's appropriate. But you've got to remember, dude, if you're dropping a heavy load, then it's going to take you a little bit more time there. Yeah, I um, but I can tell you, like on average, that's about what it is. I, I don't think it's any longer than that when I go to the bathroom here, because I'm like, because again, I'm on it. Like I know, I'm like, dude, I got to get back to the studio. If I don't, something's gonna go wrong. And so I, 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 when I first read it, I was like, that's crazy. But they say any longer than that, and you should contact a physician and find out what's going on with you. Now I think that that's a little far. Well, if you're straining for like. A minute and a half, and you still can't get it out. Then, yeah, you probably do have some sort of physician. But, dude, I don't want people sitting there with a stopwatch going like, "Oh, dude, thirteen seconds. I had something cancer. Like something's wrong with me. It's got to be cancer." You probably be all right. Not only was the length of time consistent, researchers noted other similarities between us and other mammals. The length of fecal spe- uh, pieces was five times as long as the diameter of the rectum in each of the animals. All right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That way, you know what I mean? It doesn't hurt to come out, but which I, is always a problem. We're, we're always, I feel like we're just making the assumption that like all poop is the same, though. If you're dealing with a diarrhea situation, you're obviously going to have some different, you know. They say, yeah, obviously. They say here, but then again, do diarrhea is like a little sign of sickness. That, okay. that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you, you know, a physician may not be the worst idea in the world there. They say that a lot of the reason why mammals poop so fast is is that they're in danger of being attacked yeah. and they're in a vulnerable position now we're probably not going to be attacked while we're dumping out but they say here if it's taking you far longer than 12 seconds you go see somebody about it dr yang says see now I, i'm i'm conflicted here about like one actual you know turd versus like what if you leave a bowl full of like rabbit turds you know what i mean just like those small circular ones sometimes that happens i don't know if that's necessarily Anything to be concerned about? All right, I knew last night. I was like, "Don't do this. <laughs> just, don't, just don't do it." And then rabbit turds got me to the point where I was right. Shouldn't have done it. I don't know what I was thinking. I need to, dude. I need better decision making. I need to go to go to that bathroom. Right I should now. probably take more than twelve seconds figuring out what the hell we're going to talk about, let alone pooping. Oh my god! You won't believe what people are sticking up their nose to get high with now. We'll give you that next on Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Missed anything from uh, earlier in the program? You can podcast it at wrqk.com. It should be available for you right after 10 a.m. this morning. It does not feel like Thursday to me. Yesterday was our 
first day back this week, and I got to tell you, it does not feel like a Thursday to me at all. It's nice, dude. I'm happy about it. Yeah, three day work weeks. Whoever we got to, uh, whoever we got to talk to to make that happen, I'll be doing that after the show. Yeah, I would be into that. Take I would it. be into that. I think honestly, if, if if we reduce the work week from five to three days, I think more people would be. I think that there'd be less anger in the world. I think people would be a little bit more relaxed and like, you know what I mean? I, I think it's the pressure of your daily life that makes everybody just go crazy. Now, you'd be working 12 plus hour days there to reach your 40. So maybe four would be the way to go. Four tens. Four tens, probably the way to go. The thing with that is nobody's going to be less stressed because everybody's just going to pick up another job and have to work more hours. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's Ultimately. that's what it'll boil down to. More stressed out and even angrier. That's true. We will have to, at some point, look at pay in this country. I know I have been resistant to the $15 an hour minimum wage, but the problem is is that sooner or later you do have to raise the wage, the pay wage of Americans, because we have to make sure jobs always pay more than government assistance, and government assistance is never going away, nor should it. But jobs should always pay more than that does, otherwise people will have no incentive to go to work. So we do have to figure something out with the pay wage in America. We do. And I think it'd be wonderful if we could work 40 hours a week in this country and live and thrive and be okay. I'm not saying you have the greatest life in the world, but you can go home and talk to your kids as opposed to having Eat. to write. And, and write. You could, right. you, could, you could raise your kids instead of having to have a second and third job. That'd be nice, too. That wouldn't be the worst. Thing. Where are the parents at work? Where you said I have to go. You know, I feel like it's been this way in this country forever, though. My mom worked two jobs my entire life growing up. She had to. My parents didn't have enough money. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's certainly families that have done that. But as a whole, I mean, you know, once upon a time, and when we talk about making America great again, it, the greatness of it was was that, like, dad could go to work. He could, we could go on vacation once a year. We could have new cars. We could have new, you know, new stuff. And we could buy name brand groceries. So, now, like, I will say that my mom worked two jobs because of where we wanted to live. Right. Like they wanted to live in Aurora Shore. So my mom was like, all right, well, I'm probably going to have to work a little bit more. And service to the Lord has never been a well-paying job unless you're scamming people. I was going to say, not when yeah. you're not when you're being good about it. And, unless unless you're unless you're hustling, then you know. I you used can... to beg that dick to sell out. I'm like, dude, Dad, sell out. Go on TV. I want a Mercedes. Damn it! What the hell are you doing? God can be big business, and he would always just say, "God's not supposed to be big business." Not Daniel. supposed to be. No, it's not supposed to be big business. You know what is big business? What is that? Drugs. Okay. Drugs are big business. There's money in drugs. Yeah, As a matter of fact, like look at what's happening in Las Vegas now that recreational weed's been passed. They can't keep up with the demand. I'm not going to get up on my hill about legalizing marijuana. I'm not. Sure. But they can't keep up with the demand. So at some point, you're going to have to figure out that this is the thing that can save us. But moving forward. Okay. All right? Because Americans have found a new thing to take to get high. This is like the new bath salts. So there's, no, well, there's a new nose drug, as they're called on the Stansbury Show. And it's snortable chocolate. It's snortable chocolate. And what it is, it's a blend, Fantone, of cocoa powder, plants, and organic compounds like ginkgo biloba is in this, taurine and guarana is in this. It's all the stuff that you find basically in energy drinks is now in this snortable chocolate. And they were, this has apparently been inspired by a European trend. And a early investor, Nick Anderson, 29, said, at first I thought it was a total hoax. And then I tried it, and I said, oh my God, this is the future right here. 
You didn't say that. You said, oh, my God, people are idiots. They'll buy this. I'll invest, dude. You didn't think that this was something worthwhile. Don't lie, Nick. That might have been it. Don't lie. (laughs) The product became available in some U.S. stores back in June. Not actually approved by the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, just yet. But, I mean, a lot of stuff is for sale that isn't. Now, apparently, Amazon.com will be selling tins of the Coco Loco. And they'll be available starting July 10th. uh, It's just over one ounce per container. So it's about 10 different snorts, they say. And it's going to go for 25 bucks. Now, I'm going to buy this on July 10th. I will buy a tin of this and we'll get it into the program. We'll, and we'll do it and see if there's any difference here. Cause I, as much as I hate to admit this, I have experience with some drugs. Now, I no longer use hard drugs, but I've definitely done them in my life. And so I'll be able to tell, look, if this is like something that is like, whether or not you're getting high, essentially, is what I'm saying. I'm already very skeptical of it. Is that it. right? Very skeptical of it. Now, they're asking what the risks might be. And so Dr. Andrew Lane, director of the Johns Hopkins uh, Sinus Center, told the Washington Post that there's absolutely none, no data. As far as he can tell, no one studied what happens if you inhale chocolate into your nose. Okay, so no data, not no risk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's okay, saying no. Okay, there, okay. There's no data on what risk you may be incurring snorting chocolate. Let me tell you right now, it's not going to be consequence-free. There's no way that you are going to sniff essentially sugar up your nose and it's not going to negatively impact your sinuses your sinuses your lungs like the drippage of your throat like that's gonna f your whole day up dude i mean the thing with like drugs is is that when you sniff those those are going into your bloodstream like i i I don't want cocoa powder into my i mean why don't we just grab grab a thing of quicks and just snort it up dr lane continues he says it's not clear right now how much of each ingredient would be absorbed into the nasal mucous membranes and putting solid material into your nose you can imagine it getting stuck in there or the chocolate mixing with your mucus to create a paste that could block your sinuses and yeah Yeah. i didn't think about that but of course it could yeah i mean dude you do enough cocaine and at the end of the night you've got that like (laughs) you gotta you know the next morning you're trying to snot all that out of you so yeah if that's going to happen you you throw sugar into the mix it's going to be even worse now as i pointed out a lot of the stuff that's in coco loco the new snortable chocolate is all the stuff that you find in energy drinks Mm -hmm. which of course has been linked to high blood pressure and heart palpitations and all that stuff and they're saying if you snort this stuff if inhaled that way you could exactly you could exaggerate those you know, heart palpitations that they could could be worse than just said drinking it, right. snorting it straight into your body, which again right. is one of the reasons why drug addicts who like these kind of drugs like it because you snort it and it's right now. It's why, honestly, why the pill addiction got so bad is that people weren't swallowing them. They were crushing them up and snorting them up and you were getting high like that. And so it hits you very fast. Now, apparently here, Coco Loco's effects phantom last 30 to 60 minutes, which far exceeds cocaine. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. You do enough Coke, you're going to be high for an hour, but uh, 10 minutes later, you're going to be like, dude, I want more Coke. Yeah, you do. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Dude, anybody who's ever done it knows a bump is like, dude, every 20 minutes, you're like, dude, where is another one of this? This is pretty good. That's why that that drug drives people into like the poorhouse, because if how many times you want to get off. Yeah, I mean, you can smoke weed and be like, all right, I'm good for an hour. A couple hours. Right. You're not going to do a line of Coke and be like, all right, well, (laughs) I'd call that one good. Um. Apparently, this this Nick Anderson guy who like invested in this says he uses Coco Loco when he goes out as an alternative to drinking and also during long car rides and at music festivals. Okay, all right, dude. <laughs> like, come on, man. 
Um, uh, the doctor says he's not necessarily worried about chocolate powder becoming a gateway drug. He doesn't believe that users who might experiment with it will then move on to harder drugs. He says, if you're going to do drugs, you probably don't start with chocolate. I would make the argument, I would say that that's wrong. Now, again, he's a medical professional, so I obviously can't go toe-to-toe to him, you know, with him on said issue. But I have always said, and I believe this to be true, that sugar is the first drug I got addicted to. And I think that's true of all of us. And if if I could have changed one thing my parents did, watching a little bit more of my sugar intake as a fat little kid would have been beneficial for me for my life. It's just I got stuck into a pattern. Now I'm a grown up now. And I know this. I at least I know it well enough to be able to say it to you that I, that I was eating too much sugar as a kid. So now I should be on top of it myself. And I'm just like, nah, I'm close to death. Who cares? Give me the goddamn sugar. But I would definitely try this because there's no drug. There's no like there's no well, there's no illegal drugs in it, which is. Is why I'm very skeptical of it working. I mean, yeah, I'll try it because it's like, yeah, dude, whatever, sure, but because it, it, it's not going to affect me. It's I, I know that it's not like it, it, this isn't going to like reawaken a drug addiction and be like, oh, dude, I got to get back on it. It's going to be like, oh, dude, my face kind of burns. That that tastes terrible, and I'm sneezing for the next 25 minutes. That's that's what I'm, you know. So I'm not worried about. It. Well, shortly after July 10th, we'll know, buddy, because it's hitting it's hitting Amazon.com on the 10th, and dude, for 25 bucks for us to try that i'm doing it and i gotta find out and right now my boss is like you're not doing that in my damn studio i guarantee it but i mean would, he, would he stop us from snorting a pixie stick and like why can't you just snort a pixie stick then like you're not gonna, you're not gonna stop that have you snorted the pixie stick no but i would assume there's plenty of people out there who are like oh, dude i'm gonna do you know it's i'm worried about the burn that's what i'm exactly is that it's going to burn there's no way it's not if you've ever put anything in your sinuses you know it's not like a pleasant feeling it's not like oh dude oh it feels pretty good it's a little tickle there it's like dude no burns yeah man. you know what you're doing yeah. at that point oh. I, I i mean I would imagine it's going to have to be ground up pretty fine right mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah to snort it it's not like i mean it's not like you're snorting a chocolate chip Oh, God. Just shoving those up your nose hole, dude. No, that'd be a terrible thing to do. I'm just as likely to open the powder chocolate and put it in milk and drink it as I am to snort it. That's my problem. I'm already addicted to sugar and chocolate. I don't need any more of this, but we will be trying that very soon on the Stansbury Show. Chauncey Billups uh, was honestly probably offended by the offer Dan Gilbert gave him. We'll give you the details on that next on the Stansbury Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. It was just the other day I was saying on the show that I felt like one of the reasons, or the, and I actually had said the major reason I felt like Chauncey Billups was going to say no to the Cavs job is because LeBron had shown no interest in coming out saying no matter what, he's a Cavalier. And I felt like if that would be one of those things, that if you know you're going to have the best player in the game for multiple years, you'd be like, you know what, that's probably a pretty good job, I'll take it. But now the story comes out that Dan Gilbert lowballed Chauncey uh, Chauncey Billups, sorry. And apparently the average starting salary for like president of operations, GM type slash job for the NBA is around $4 million. We found out through this that Dan Gilbert was paying David Griffin under $2 million. And he had initially offered Chauncey Billups $1.5 million. Eventually, I believe the number got to as far as $2 million. And Billups has said, you know what? I'll just play in the big three and go back to being an analyst for ESPN, which I'm surprised they're letting him do that because ESP- that big three thing's on FS1, which is the direct rival of ESPN. I'm surprised they're letting him do both there. Um, but that's kind of like his take. He's just going to go do those things now. And I, um, 
this is not going to help Dan Gilbert with the public perception problem that I think he has sometimes. It's frustrating because Dan Gilbert is a guy who is willing to spend money. I mean, the Cavs had the highest payroll in the NBA last year. Um, They'll be well over the cap this year, regardless of what happens. Just as they stand right now, I think they're already over the cap, which is a part of the reason why uh, the Cavaliers have been a little hamstrung in the uh, free agency. In the free agency. Now, market. the GM's uh, salaries have nothing to do with salary cap. Correct. They, those are their own independent, you know, all it is is money at that point. So and you I'm, can't sign Shump by not paying your GM. Exactly. You're not clearing up salary cap space because of David Griffin. Those 15 players are, you know, however many, I think it's 16, um, those guys are the guys that are, are, are under contract and those contracts cost against the, the salary cap there. Um, so so for him to tighten up the wallet on this, it's just such a head scratcher. And I understand if you don't feel like the general manager is that important. If that's what you think, that's what you think. And you, can, I can understand why you're like, well, I can replace you. Yeah, I, I, I do. I don't agree with you necessarily, but I understand it. And uh, even even if you have that perspective, I can replace you. How are you not starting at average? Like, how are you not starting like, all right, dude, well, this guy, I'm going to have to offer him four. That's what everyone else is getting. Why did you think that you'd be able to 1.5 him? Like, hell no, you're not doing that. Yeah. I mean, I, I he's widely respected, Chauncey Billups is, by players. I didn't realize that, but apparently players love him. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, and he was a fantastic player. I oh, mean, he was a great player. When, when, when the Pistons were beating up the Cavs in that, I don't know, probably 05, 06 in that era Sounds right, about right there. Yeah. I mean, Chauncey was a, 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 you know, a big shot player, dude. He stepped up in the moment, was obviously a huge part of the Pistons when they won that title. Um, but had zero experience. And I, I've said this time and time again, is that like the only thing worse than offering a job to a guy with no experience is that guy turning you down. Like what a what a slap like in, in, in the face to Dan Gilbert's ego this has to be. Like you have to feel a little like a little. Oh, and obviously Dan Gilbert has his ties to Detroit. So I think there's a big part of the reason why he viewed Chauncey Billups as such a, you know, as the right guy for this job is because of his association with the Pistons and whatnot. Um, But it still boggles my mind that you would decide to fire someone who was, number one, very good at his job. Number two, very popular within the organization. Now, I don't have the facts in front of me, but I heard the other day that David Griffin was being given credit for things he shouldn't have gotten credit for, meaning that he didn't draft any of the best players that we have. So we haven't really seen his GM decision making. He didn't um, draft Kyrie. He didn't draft LeBron. No. He didn't do this stuff. So, like, essentially, this team was compiled and he was standing on the side. Now, I don't know that to be true. I'm just saying that's what I was hearing. How, I mean, how many, how many Cavaliers or, on, or how many players on the Cavaliers were drafted by the Cavs? Three? Yeah, you know what point. I mean. So there's that's the whole thing is like teams don't stay together. It's not like it's not nobody like, stays it, together. It, anymore, it, it, right? It's not the it's not the pro sports world from 50 years ago nope. where it was like, well, you got drafted here and that's where you're going to play the rest of your career. You'll retire here and own a car dealership. It's not how it works anymore. So if anything, now more than ever, he deserves that credit because he is the person who brought those pieces and parts into the Cavaliers championship run, dude. If we would have just stuck with players that the Cavs would have drafted, we never would have. The Cavs never would have won that championship. Never would have. I think their other point was, though, is that he just did the deals LeBron told him he wanted to get done. 
Well, and so are you real is David Griffin really as important as he looked, maybe? Well, then at this point we can put anybody into that position and LeBron will get him done, right? I, I, I think that's Dan Gilbert's point. I don't know that they're right about it, but I think that's what Dan Gilbert's doing, well, is the, that's what he's saying is why am I gonna pay somebody four million dollars to do what LeBron's going to do? Because well then then uh, that's a terrible plan of like, oh, LeBron will just do it. Well, then where's it? It's not happening. Well, plus, what are you going to do next year when he leaves? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, well, you're going to fire everybody at that point. I mean, every, you're going to clean house. That's an entire reboot of the system, which is why I think Chauncey Billups should have taken it is, well, dude, if LeBron leaves, you know, you get one shot with LeBron and then you get fired and you still get paid millions of dollars. Sounded like a winner to me. But and nobody expects you to be great your first time out at it. Ah, uh, you, uh, you. If you don't win a championship, you're looked. You're looked at as like, well, you, you definitely lost there. Is it more? Is that? I think that's more the coach's problem when you have LeBron than it is the GM's problem. But I could be wrong about They're, that. They both deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, you're. It's both the names that get talked about on the chopping block when things don't go right. Right. I mean, which one has more on the line there? You're not I getting don't rid know. of the player, right? But at the end of the day, you're in trouble too. There. I um. I just. Again, man, I think Dan Gilbert's got to be careful here. I don't think he's got a lot of goodwill in the in the NBA community. You got to remember, these guys talk to one another, and so do the GMs. And everybody knows that behind closed doors, LeBron hates him. LeBron hates him. And so, like, if you're that guy, if you're a guy in the NBA right now, and you're sitting there thinking that, it's like, well, dude, LeBron hates the guy, though, and he's probably not going to be there next year. Who wants to go into that mess? I um I, I think we're starting to see, uh, what do I want to say, number one, Dan Gilbert being, I don't want to say disinterested in being a, a Cavaliers owner, but I think his objective was to win a championship. He got, that's what and I've been it, saying. He's not trying to win the, the best owner in the world. LeBron's trying to win the best, uh, the best player in the world. I, Dan Gilbert's goals are very different. I, I think what you're seeing, well, it's still a championship every year. I mean, if not, then what are you in this business for? And if it's just for profit. Because he got the Cavs for nothing. Well, but right. But if you're trying like, to maximize your profit, then you do have to be in the business of winning championships, because if you don't, then LeBron's going to leave, and you saw what a nosedive that was from the value of the Cavaliers. Yeah, they won 20 games. Well, and aside from wins, I'm talking finances. I'm talking, right. like, how much money is that Yeah, nobody worth? was at those games. Nobody was at those games. Nobody's buying that merchandise, so... I went to you, multiple games when it was just Kyrie's team, and there was nobody there. You do need to... If, if, you're, if your goal is to make the most money, which, God bless you, Dan Gilbert, go ahead and do that, winning championships is absolutely imperative. You have to do that, because because if not, you're going to lose all that money that you have. And that's part of the reason why I think right now you're seeing Dan Gilbert being disinterested in being an owner. And I think you're going to see LeBron's team move into like, all right, let's set this groundwork of how LeBron is going to own this team. My guess is what Maverick Carter would probably buy the huge chunk of it to start. I don't know what the legal aspects of it would be. I don't know what the what the you my know, guess the is that's how it'll play. That LMGK group, whatever. Yeah. They'll put together a huge piece of money. They'll be the they'll be the number one interest in it, and they'll get other celebrities to buy in packages. Would be my guess. And then when it's all said and done, yeah, then LeBron will then move over, and they'll move all the paperwork over to ownership. There, I think it's a bad look here. I um, I mean, do you have? arguably the best player in the history of the game. We know most people consider him to be the best player in the game right now. I feel like as if we're moving into the Kevin Durant era of the NBA just because LeBron's kind of getting up there now. I think two years from now, it's totally going to be Kevin's NBA. But right now, you still have the best player in the league. And for guys who have no experience doing this job to say no to you, Fantown's right. That's a bad, bad look. And I think it probably lends itself to how people are viewing how the franchise is run. And people were making this point 
point last week on TV, and they were right about it. The Cavaliers are not a great organization. They have a great player. Like, they're not a traditionally great-run organization. They've been a mess forever. But they have a great transformative player, that, and that is a strong deodorant for a lot of the smelly stuff that's going on behind closed doors. I think Dan Gilbert needs to be very careful about what his next couple of moves with the Cavs are here before he loses the public opinion battle. We'll close out the program. We will do so next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studios with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here. I always say on the show. 106.9. Welcome back to the program. We're on Rock 106.9, also online at WRQK.com. You'll be able to podcast everything you missed today at WRQK.com shortly after 10 a.m. Uh, before moving too much further, we were making you aware of a GoFundMe that I got myself involved with yesterday on the program for a young man named Zion Clark, who was a wrestler, I believe from Maslin and then went to Stark State, and essentially here's what happened. He was born without legs, but he's still an amazing athlete. He's a hell of a wrestler. And he's been accepted to wrestle for Otterbein. And he's been accepted to the program, to the school, and and to the wrestling team and the like. Now here's the problem. Otterbein needs his Stark State transcripts. And he's in rears to Stark State for around $1,400. And... He's also a wheelchair athlete who's competing in, like, Olympic time trials on a 25-year-old chair. And um, basically, the problem with that is is that the materials made to make these chairs are much lighter today than they were 25 years ago. And so he's, I mean, dude, he came, I I think he finished, like, a quarter of a second or so, whatever it is, like, behind, like, he he came in second. And they claim that had he had a proper chair, he would have won. And I guess those are around 3500 bucks. So I told him, I was like, look, if we build a GoFundMe and we put the limit at like $5,000, I will get behind you. And I will try to do what I can for you to be able to send you to Otterbein to go wrestle, which is your dream. I've tweeted out the GoFundMe. It's at Stansbury Shows, how you can find that. You can also find it at Facebook.com slash Stansbury Show. And I would like to see Zion go to college. Obviously, this is an inspiring story, regardless of where this kid came from. But the fact that he's from Maslin, the fact this is a, a, a kid in our backyard, dude, it's even more reason to support, man. I mean, that's that's kind of the, one of the things we always talk, talk about supporting local businesses, part of talk about supporting you know local charities. I mean, like this is supporting a local person that needs our help. So, yeah, this is obviously very worthy. It was one of those things man i went to his house to meet with him the other day and when i met him i walked out of there and i was like yeah there's no way i can't get involved in this like sometimes i'm like eh, you know we'll see and i and, and i said this yesterday while talking about the gofundme i said I'm, I'm always a little hesitant about this because now people will start coming out of the woodworks and be like dude help my sister or help my niece or help this and 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 i want to be able to do that but you got to be careful with what you do and what you don't do and um but i met him and he blew me away and i felt like this was something that i could not sit idly by and not help him with um, I donated myself this morning. I, I said I would do it by the end of the day yesterday, and I just forgot. Uh, but I did donate myself this morning. I, I donated $100 myself. Um, that's obviously a, a lot of money. I am not expecting everybody who donates to donate $100, but right now we're sitting at around $700 of the $5,000 goal. And again, $1,400 sends them to Otterbein. The rest is the chair. If we can even get the kid to, to Otterbein, I would be pleased with that. 
Yeah, I mean, you always hear people say this, but if everybody listening just donated a dollar, we'd be done. We'd, it'd be, it would be taken care we'd of. We'd be more than done. Yeah, so uh, obviously, Ray Calls, how can I, uh, how can I find that link? I uh, tweeted it out at Sansbury Show. All right. It's how you find it on Twitter, and it's also on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Stansbury Show. And I'll put it on my personal Facebook as well, which is just Dan Stansbury. I'm, sh- I'm sure uh, a lot of you listening, we're friends right now. Um, and if not, then that's how you add me. I don't know if I've got room or not. Zuckerberg's very strict on how many friends you're allowed to have, even though he wants to be friends with everybody on the planet. But Zuckerberg's very strict on that. Um, so, uh, but that's how you can find that. I don't want to beat you over the head with it. Uh, I know not everybody's in a position to help somebody out financially, and I totally understand it. But those of you that are, I would like to see you help us out. Uh, we found out earlier on the program this morning before we get out of here that it, it is National Fried Chicken Day. Oh, yeah. And I am one of these guys that gets wildly annoyed about this kind of stuff. But whenever it's food related, I'm like, but, but I want to have fried chicken today, but I want to do it. And uh, people were all over me about this Barberton chicken thing. And I'll admit that I've only had it from one place ever. And it's not that I didn't like it, but I found it to be a little underwhelming. Phantom went a little further and was like, sucks. It does, dude. It sucks. I know it's like, oh, yo, you can't talk bad about it. It's a local thing, but it's terrible. It's awful. It's not good. It's not. So, uh, yeah, you can keep your Barberton chicken over there, Barber Tucky. Home (laughs) Home of the magics. That's that's a little far, but uh, that's his opinion. Yeah, I um, I, but I'm still like looking for like what would be the best fried chicken place in Canton. Now you're telling me, were you telling me was it Joe's Chicken? Uh yeah, it was Joe's Chicken. It's on Tusk, and like I said, you're going to be going east on it. So like, go past downtown, go past that McDonald's, and uh, yeah, it's 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 like I said, it's a cartoon chicken holding a bucket of chicken. So you know, it's going to be pretty good there. Yeah, anytime you got Foghorn Leghorn on the sign, I I, I want to try the wings. And it is. It looks like Foghorn Leghorn too. <laughs> I've never had it. I just I've driven past it, and I've thought to myself, like, dude, you should eat there, and it's National Fried Chicken Day. You probably should eat there today. I, yeah, I want to get some fried chicken today. It just sounds like the right call today. I need some food. I'm starving right now. <laughs> I am. I'm starving right now. The problem is I've been eating breakfast at home before I leave for work in the morning. At like 4.30, I'm eating breakfast, and then I don't have food here. And so, yeah, you know what I mean? That was like, yeah, I mean, dude, you're talking like five hours ago. <laughs> well, you're supposed to eat every three hours. You're supposed to give your body something. No, 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 no. We're not piling on me for being hungry after five hours not getting food. That's the way all of us are. And I feel like I've kept my hangry in control. Hey, you, you know, I felt like is, I kept my fate disease in control. The good news is, is you don't have to anymore, buddy. It is, uh, it's close enough. You can go fry, you can go ham on the fried chicken right now. Can I get ham on my fried chicken? Dude, who's stopping you, Stansberry? Nobody. It's America. If it was just 4th of July weekend, I can put any of the lunch meat I want on my fried chicken. I'm allowed to do whatever I want. Aside from that, we are done for the day. Podcast will be available shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. You guys have a fantastic afternoon. See you. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here for the CSE Federal Credit Union. I've been using CSE since moving down here to Stark County, and I love the fact that they are 100% local and all of my money stays right here. If you're car shopping, you know what some people never think about doing? Get pre-approved for your loan before you head to the dealership. 